Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Grab your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Acts chapter 4. The book of Acts chapter 4. Just stay there and play a little bit, Charles, if you don't mind. Last week, we talked a little bit about how that Jesus came and ascended into heaven and the, told him to go to Jerusalem wait for the promise of the Father. And then in Acts chapter 2, we talked about how that the Holy Spirit came and they received power. Then we talked about in Acts chapter 3, the apostolic miracle at the uh, gate called Beautiful. Then how that they were arrested for preaching in the name of Jesus and specifically preaching the resurrection. Chapter 4, uh, we kind of worked through that just a little bit and talked about how that Peter got up addressing the Sanhedrin and he told them uh, that uh, Jesus was indeed resurrected and he presented evidence of the man that had been sick for 20 or 40 years. He presented evidence by having him there with him. And so we've seen that, didn't we? How that uh, that took place. Now, um, what they did was they took them. Of course, Anisimus, uh stood up and he said, "You know what?" He said, "If this be of God, it can't be stopped." And so, um, what they did was they beat them and they let them go and told them to no longer preach in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to understand: they were arrested, released, arrested again, beaten, and released again. This was all. Right after the Holy Spirit had come, at the beginning of the church, they were being persecuted. Now, they weren't arrested because they were uh, having drunken disorderly. They weren't arrested because they went and robbed a bank. They weren't arrested because of drugs or whatever. Just fill in the blank. They weren't arrested because of things like that. Their crime was preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. That was their crime. And so we, we, we find here in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse number 23, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. So it was the chief priest and the elders of the synagogue who were telling them, don't preach in the name of Jesus. Don't preach that Jesus resurrected from the dead. And so being let go, they went to their own company, reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, thou art God, who's made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Verse 26, the kings of the earth stood up. The rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel de determined before to be done. So what they were saying was, they were praying and they were saying, Lord, there's prophecy that's been fulfilled. We know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that He's the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. 
because the prophets of old said that he would come, he would be slain, he would die, and he would raise again from the dead. And now, Lord, and they're going on, and they're saying, we're preaching the gospel message. We're preaching what we're supposed to be preaching. And the chief priest and the elders and the scribes are the ones that are threatening us. They're the ones that are persecuting us. They're the ones telling us that we can't do anything. I want you to bow your heads right now with me. Close your eyes. And we're going to pray for just a few moments. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you that you would help me to be able to accurately deliver this today. Help me be able to get the message across that I know in my spirit that you have given me to give to them. And I pray, Lord, that it would inspire us to stand up for God no matter what happens. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So here we find them. It's the chief priests, it's the scribes, it's the elders. These people are telling them their sin. Don't be preaching about Jesus anymore. Don't preach that he's the son of God. Don't preach that he rose from the dead. Don't preach any of this stuff. And so they go to the Lord. They're talking to the Lord about it. And they're saying, Lord, but the prophets of old are saying that Jesus is definitely the one. I mean, Herod, Pontius Pilate, all of this, this was all prophesied. It was all foretold. And then the Bible said, they're crying out to God in verse 29. And they're saying, we did what you said. We were, we've been arrested twice. We've been beaten. We've been threatened. We've been told, don't preach in the name of Jesus, all of this. And Lord, they're continuing to threaten us. And it says, grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. Now look at this, verse 30, by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now here is the little lesson that I want to share with you today. And I'm not going to preach a long time, but here's the little lesson that I wanted to share with you today. Anytime you start flowing in the anointing, the devil's going to try to fight you. And most of the time, those that you look to for the greatest support are the ones that are going to fight you the hardest. The Word of God says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Can I say it like this? Your family cannot understand the anointing that God has placed on your life for ministry. Whether it be ministry in the marketplace, whether it be ministry in the school, the educational system, whether it be ministry in the church setting, whether it be ministry in the political system, your family cannot understand the anointing that is on you for ministry. So you need to quit trying to convince them that God has called you to it and just operate. Use all of the energy that you're using trying to prove yourself to your family. Use all of that energy just working for God. Just take it. You know, as time goes on, and, and here's the thing, your family knows you too well. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Your family knows you too well. They base what God can do through you on the history they have with you. They remember when. Now what we need to do is we need to say, Lord, we're drawing a line in the sand. 
And, you know, we've got people in this church that God has moved from different states to get them away from the people that were holding them back because of the history that they had. They're here in this church and ministry and they are flourishing because they're under a ministry that realizes that God doesn't base what He can do through you on your history, but He bases what He can do through you on the calling of God that's on your life, on the purpose that's on your life, and on the anointings that's on your life. Now, you say, now how am I going to know if I'm anointed? You, you inspect your fruit. Your fruit's going to produce, your life is going to produce some kind of fruit. It's either going to produce good fruit or it's going to produce bad fruit. Your life's going to produce some kind of fruit. So here they are. They're praying and they're saying, Lord, we've been arrested. We've been beaten. We've been threatened. We've been told don't preach in the name of Jesus. We've been told uh, all of these types of things. They, they've been saying, and, and they've been threatened. And don't, don't you go back down on that street corner. Don't you go back into that synagogue. Don't you go be preaching Jesus. Don't you tell people that he's the son of God. Don't you tell people that he rose from the dead. Even though you have a credible miracle right here, a man for 40 years that was lame in his feet, Jesus heals him. He's standing right beside them as evidence. They can see the miracle. They can touch the miracle. They were there, many of them, when the miracle took place and still they didn't want to accept it. So they were praying to the Lord and they said, Lord, just forget the fact that they threaten us. Just forget the fact that they told us not to preach in the name of Jesus. Would you just anoint us again? Lord, would you just anoint us again and, and grant your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. In other words, we need to push through this opposition. Now I'm going to stop right there and, and, and camp there for just a few moments. There are some things that you need to push through. The enemy will revisit and revisit and revisit and revisit you if the devil, let me put it like this, if the devil knows he can get to you through your family, guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep hitting that button. Hit them with the family. Hit them with the family. Hit them with the family. Until you conquer the enemy in that particular area or sphere, that's what the enemy's going to use against you. Well, right here, the Bible said, give us boldness. They were having a problem with getting arrested. They were having a problem with being threatened. They were having a problem with them trying to hold them back. They were being hindered. They, they were being held back by church folks. By people in the church. Not just by any church folks, by the leaders of the church. They said, Lord, give us boldness because we want to go preach. And then, they, and then they said, give us boldness that we may speak your word. Now look at this. By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Now, there's a lot of people that are of the opinion that the atmosphere has to be just right in order for God to work a miracle. Nothing could be farther from the truth. God can work a miracle when the devil's staring him in the face. Well, you know, the, the, the ambience has to be just right. The music has to be just right. And everybody has to be in one mind and everybody has to be in one accord. And well, that, that's what had to happen when the Holy Ghost came. But let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost is here. Amen. It's here, okay? So here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says right here that He wanted them to stretch forth signs that stretch forth His hand that they would heal. Signs, wonders would be done by the name of Thy holy child, Jesus. And the Bible said, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the Word of God with boldness. They spake the Word of God with boldness with the opposition around. 
They did signs, wonders, and miracles with the opposition around. I want to encourage you today, and this is the whole gist of what I'm trying to get across to you. I want to encourage you today that if you're going to win multitudes to Jesus, if you're going to have a multitude impact on the kingdom for God, if you do anything significant for the Lord, the devil is constantly going to fight you. You have to learn, what am I going to do with that? Am I going to let it affect me? Am I going to let it sidetrack me? Am I going to focus all of my attention on that? And I'm gonna, Am I going to look more at the circumstances than I am at what the Word of God says? No, you've got to get a, a streamlined focus on the Lord, a streamlined focus on the vision that God has given you and, and the purpose that God has placed inside of your heart and in your life, and you've got to go forward right past the opposition. That which was in front of you when you advance forward, I've learned this, that which is in front of you saying you can't, you can't, you can't, when you take a step toward them, they go like this. Then you take another step toward them, they go like this. Then you take another step toward them, they go like this. And before you know it, you're going, hello. So the enemy will do that. The enemy will, the enemy will try to stop you. All you have to do is advance forward by faith. Just go forward. Just go forward. Now, let's read through the rest of the chapter and we'll be done today. Verse number 32, And the Bible said, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. So the multitude that gave their life to Christ, the multitude that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the multitude that experienced the shaking, the Bible said the place where they were assembled was shaken, the multitude that experienced that shaking, the Bible said that created a unity in them and they had all things common. Verse 33, with great power, gave the apostles witness of what? The resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With great power, they gave witness of the very same thing that got them arrested to begin with the first time, the second time, and got them beaten. So God granted their prayer. They said, Lord, give me boldness. And they took that boldness and with great power, the Bible said that they gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. So, this great boldness, this great anointing, this great power that they had created a unity among the body of believers. And that great unity among the body of believers uh, uh, created a situation in that, particular situa in that particular area there where no one had need. Because they ministered to one another. They met each other's needs. They treated each other like family. They might be opposing us over there. They might be threatening us over there. They might be arresting us over there. They might be beating us over there. They might be telling us, don't preach in the name of Jesus over there. But listen, there is a body of believers that God is pulling together. And this is what I felt the Lord speaking to me about our church. There is a body of believers that God is pulling together. 
Listen, and when you come tonight at 6 o'clock and we just talk about the things that the Lord is doing, you're going to see the reason for the fight. You're going to see why we have been battled so hard. You're going to see why in the last eight years that Donna and I have been here and our family have been here, you're going to see why we've been through the things that we've been through. All of the character assassination campaigns, all of the lawsuits, all of, you know, there's one lady that tried to sue the church for $500,000 simply because she didn't like the church. Didn't work. I mean, she came up with another reason, but, that, but it boiled down to that. You see what I'm saying? And they try to drag our name through the mud. They try to discredit us and people join with us and then they leave and try to pull people out of the church and say things like this and say things like that. Tonight when you come, you're going to see God has pulled together a company of believers who have a calling to be together. And you're going to see the reason for that calling and you're going to see why the devil has fought so hard. Now, I'd like to stand up here and say every single person in this place will always be with us until the day we die. That's probably not true. First of all, God may promote some of you guys and, and, and move you over into your own ministry. I'd like to say that there's no one in this church now that's ever going to talk bad about us, but that's probably not true either. It's just the way that it is. It's the way that's what happens when the flesh gets in the way. Here's what happens when the Holy Ghost shows up all that flesh stuff gets laid aside. And people start walking together in unity. And great things get accomplished. And multitudes begin to come together because it's more important. God's Word and God's work is more important than me getting my own way. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing what the Holy Ghost can do? Hallelujah. So... When you get threatened, when you get persecuted, when people don't understand, just move past the opposition. Just continue to serve God. Continue to worship the Lord. Do what I tried to teach you earlier, how to get into the presence of God and activate and receive the presence of God and receive what the Lord has for you. Practice that every day. Practice that in your prayer time. Turn your music up just a little bit if you need to and just sit back and just, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That'll probably, that's probably what you're going to remember out of this service more than anything, more than even this message. It's, it's going to help you more. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Now, don't do it when you're driving down the road. If you're driving, you're going to, go, go, go ahead and turn the music up, but don't lean back and shut your eyes or anything. I gave you a little disclaimer here. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there's times when the presence of God gets so strong in my vehicle, and I'm not even kidding, I can't even count the times it's happened, that I've had to pull over in a parking lot before because I couldn't drive. I mean, the presence of God would just, I could, I could sense, you know, you don't want to drive a Holy Ghost drunk. You know, you need to sober a little bit. Amen. Amen. So did this help you today? Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Come on, let's stand up. Hallelujah. I knew it was going to be a little different today. I sensed it all week long, so I feel good about it. I feel good about the service today. I know God's done some extraordinary things. I want you to grab the hand of the person beside you real quick, like. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Just tell them, I need you. I need you in my life. Yeah. 
That's right. Praise the Lord. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray as the disciples prayed that day there in Acts chapter 4, that you would move by your hand with signs and wonders and miracles, that you would grant unto this church and these people great boldness to go forward and to do exploits for you. I pray as we move into the week, come back tonight and then move into the week, I pray, Father, that they would sense your tangible presence. You're growing us, God. I'm not talking numerically so much, although you're doing that, but God, you're growing us spiritually. And we're so grateful for that. Engage with us. Be with us. If you're watching from anywhere around the world or you're here in the sanctuary today and you need to give your life to Christ, I want to just pray for you right now. Just pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart. We can talk to you later about more about what it meant. But just say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Make me a Christian. I believe that you died on Calvary for me and that you rose again. Now I want you to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I decree and declare over this congregation that they're the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath, the lenders and not the borrowers, that we live in your blessing and your favor. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus. TV. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.